Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the number one podcast for Airbnb hosts and short-term rental professionals. You're listening to an episode of STR Conversations, hosted by myself, Jasper Rivers, and Eric Muller. Every Friday, we release a new episode where Eric and I have an organic conversation and discuss what's happening in the short-term rental industry and share what we're learning in our hosting businesses and through working with the thousands of students that go through our coaching programs. So this episode is brought to you by Legends X, our 90-day short-term rental accelerator program that's designed to help you skill your hosting business by getting you out of the daily operations so you can free up your time and become the CEO of your business instead of the manager and that allows you to focus on high-level tasks that really move the needle in your business and allow you to grow. And we do that by giving you the systems and teaching you how to build a team so you can actually delegate all those lower-level tasks. So for more information about Legends X and how to join, visit strlegends.com slash X. That is strlegends.com slash X. You are listening to an episode of SDR Conversations of the Get Paid for Your Pad podcast hosted by Jasper Rivers and Eric Miller. So let's dive in. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Get Paid for Your Pad. We are your hosts, Eric Muller and Jasper Rivers. And today we are talking about our experience here in Panama. We just did our offsite, our goals and planning for the fourth quarter. I can't believe the third quarter is already over. It's crazy. But Eric was here in Panama for a few days, so we've made a lot of important decisions. It was also a fun time. So Eric, what was your impression of Panama? Dude, Panama is a crazy place in like every every sense of the word. Yeah, I was blown away by the properties that we're like just the buildings, you know, the amount of buildings. If, you know, people have never been down there before, it felt like Miami in Central America, which was pretty cool, right? So, yeah, I mean, the buildings were incredible. The food was unbelievable, but it was also kind of crazy to see like the difference between the wealth that was in that little area that we lived in that has like, you know, we're overlooking yachts and Ferraris or in the area and just going like five minutes outside of that area, you know, the poverty that's there as well. So it was crazy seeing like the difference between those two. Um, but you know, the people that we got to meet were awesome, man. Like all the, all the real estate people that are down there, the Bitcoin people, crypto people, it was a, it was a crazy place. I can see why you guys enjoy it down there too it's a it's a lot of fun yeah for sure yeah no it's interesting that whenever we get visitors they always they always say that they expected something different from the city yeah yeah i mean it feels like it it feels like miami there was parts where you know that felt like downtown san diego so like if you know i was counting it you know i've been well i've been to a handful not as many as you but a handful of like latin america countries and this one by far was like the most interesting as far as the how modern and the amount of wealth that that's in certain areas there is it, it was pretty cool to experience so yeah for sure and you got to see the Panama Canal <laughs> yeah 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 Panama Canal 
that was cool. Definitely awesome. The first time going to see it, but yeah, I don't think I'll go back. <laughs> I'll, I'll bring uh, my parents if they ever want to go. But yeah, outside of that, I mean, it was pretty awesome to just be there, part of like history, right? For sure. But yeah, not too much, not too much to like explore in Panama, right? Like the there's not a big tourist area. There's you know, like even the area we're staying in, there wasn't even anywhere to walk around to see anything. It was just all buildings. Yeah, for sure. No, it's 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 not a Panama City is not a, a city that has a lot of tourist highlights. You know, Panama is all about the it's all about the jungle and the and the beaches, right? You have to go outside of the city for that. So, mm. you know, in, inside of the city, there's a couple of cool things. You know, like the canal, obviously, is one of the, you know one of the biggest canals in the world, if not the biggest, in terms of you know just the size of the boats that are you know going through through that thing is this insane. But also um, the old town, that's a place that a lot of people like to stay in. For sure. I was going to ask you, man, like, where do all the wealthy people drive their Ferraris? Saw a lot <laughs> of Ferraris, but it's like, where, where are they taking those things? There's not too many places to, like here in California, yeah. you take it up the coast and like you stop off at all the different spots and it's a beautiful drive. But are those just like city Ferraris? They don't leave like that little downtown area. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting that you mentioned that because I have some friends, as you know, I have some friends with, you know, some fairly expensive automobiles mm-hmm. and uh, I've had the pleasure of driving those every every now and then. And honestly, like, it makes absolutely no sense to have those type <laughs> of cars here. Yeah. Because there's only like a few roads that doesn't have holes in them where you can yeah. take the car and the speed limit is like, you know, 60 miles an hour. There's a lot of traffic, so it, it makes it doesn't really make any sense to have those. Yeah, cars. I, I I realize I realize that man. Like, there's a Ferrari dealership in downtown Panama City, and I'm just looking at that. And like, we went to that that open house party for the new development down there, and there was a Ferrari, two Ferraris outside. I'm just like, where are they driving these things, man? Because like, even on the highway, the the potholes and uh, yeah, it's just like yeah. So I guess they're just city Ferraris, just show off a bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're just sitting in the garage, essentially. Yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> well, let's update everybody on what we did down in Panama City for the week. So it was myself, you, and Aaron, our uh, COO for Overnight Success. And uh, this is something that we do every single quarter, right, is doing offsites. And uh, because of COVID, the last two years, or last year, I would say, it was all virtual, Right which, mm-hmm. you know, you can do it virtual, but you don't have the same type of creative power as you do if you're just hanging out with each other all day long. So this is something that you and I started doing from day one of our company. And we do it every quarter. We sit down and we go through a process and the process is always changing, but there are certain outcomes and structures that we implement and that we look for. So when we talk about that, man, so, you know, people listening can implement it, even if, you know, what I find with these offsites too, it's like, you don't have to have a big team. It was just you and I in the beginning. Now it's just me, you and and Aaron running yeah. these and we get a lot done for our companies. So yeah, when we walk through it, like what, what was your experience like? Yeah, um, for sure. This quarter. Yeah. And before I get into that, I would even say if it's just one person, it's still valuable every yep. quarter to, you know, to go through this process and just go somewhere in nature. But yeah, I mean, my, my experience, I can't, first of all, I can't believe how fast Q3 went. It felt like we were just down in Mexico doing this offsite and, and now we're back here. I mean, look, my, the, the first thing I'll say is like, it's just so 
different from being in one room versus like being on Zoom. Yeah. Uh, that's the first thing I, I noticed right away is like, wow, we're so much more efficient just being in a room and having, you know, having a whiteboard and brainstorming versus doing it over Zoom. It's also it's also way easier to keep the energy up. Yeah. Like, I, I remember those virtual offsites that we did, like after like three or four hours, I'm, I'm falling asleep. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, dude, it's like you can't. Yeah. I mean, just spending time on Zoom is just not. There's something special, like the first, I think it was the first night or the second night when we were sitting on your balcony, second night, sitting on your balcony, just three of us, and we're just having wine. And it was after a long freaking day. And then we really started opening up about just like how the business is affecting us emotionally and physically and how there's so much personal information that is shared when you spend quality time with people that are working on the same mission together. And a lot, like we learned, I learned so much with just those two hours sitting on your balcony, Mm -hmm. drinking wine with you guys after a long day than I did in the actual offsite itself. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like just getting outside of the technology are, so let's give some structure here. So like the first thing that we do is we always try to get outside of Mm -hmm. our typical work spot. Right. So if you have an office, if you work from home, whatever it is, you carve out as much time as you can. Luckily, we had what four or five days together, something like that. Yeah. Which was awesome. But we always carve out time away from our typical routine working area. Two is we try to carve out time to be near nature, right? Mm -hmm. In nature, preferably. We didn't necessarily, we had a mix of that down in Panama City, but it, it was like best of both worlds because we could be with you because you can't be in the country right now. And it was just a great opportunity to do that. So, but it was awesome being able, like, we were on the 40th floor overlooking the ocean yeah. and, and the jungle. It was freaking amazing. Yeah. So, that's the first part of doing quarterly offsites is like breaking the routine and just like getting outside of your day to day. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that. And we shut off all technology. We didn't have phones. We didn't have any calls. We didn't have anything scheduled for to grab our attention. So we were able to be present 100%. And the whole idea was to come together to solve the biggest challenges in our business, celebrate the wins that we just accomplished in Q3, mm-hmm. and set the intention for Q4, right? Yep. So th- that's the first part is like, it's all about intention. Be intentional with the time that you spend doing these offsites, be intentional with the space that you're in and shut off all distractions, literally everything and get after it. So yeah. What what were some takeaways from you on this one? Or what was something that you liked that we implemented in this structure that people could take away? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because every, every offsite that we've done, it has been a little bit different. You know, for this one, we had a, we had a pretty well prepared agenda but we recognize as soon as we got together, we recognized like, okay, you know what? Like, let's take a step back and think like, what is the number one thing that we have to solve in our business? Right. That's a good point, man. Yeah, we threw that agenda away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, were like, we don't need this. Yeah. Well, and that that was a good thing, right? And there has been some offsides where going through that agenda was extremely helpful. All right. But I think I think you and I both recognized, you know, our CEO likes to kind of is a bit more structured. You yeah. know, then us like so he he kind of wanted to you know start with the agenda, but I think you and I both right realized was like, hey, you know what? Like 
we have both in free wild and both in overnight success we have a very some very important decisions to make and we have some big challenges to solve so it you know versus going normally what we do is we always go through our mission we go through our core values you know we we do that whole thing we look at different parts of our business how can we optimize what are our, our perspectives on on how everything is going where do we need to step in and make some improvements but this time we we just felt like we had to maximize the time just spent on solving our number one challenge in our business and i think that was a great decision that we did that because we've made some we've made some difficult decisions that really had to yeah. be made right um, and that's one of my take we'll go into takeaway our takeaways a little bit later in this podcast but yeah but yeah so i guess my point is like you can create like a, a really good agenda for these offsites but don't be afraid if it's necessary don't be afraid to deviate from the right. agenda right right yeah 100 man so I think the biggest thing, like, let's talk about what is discussed at these Q4s. And the, the reason why, just for the listeners, the reason why we wanted to kind of do a recap of this is we realize that a lot of the operational side of our businesses, we share quite a bit, but these things, you know, we feel like these quarterly offsites and end of the year, new year planning, all of that, we talk about it a little bit, but I think it's time for us to kind of shine a light on what we're doing as a whole because the the impact these types of events have on our business. And you know, specifically we carved out 4 days for overnight success and we carved out 1 day for free wild, right? Cuz overnight success is growing like crazy. We have team members that are joining like pretty much every day. We're hiring new team members right now. Legends X is growing like crazy where we have events coming up. It's, it's freaking awesome what we built to this point. And we're like, all right, we have a lot to do here. And free wild is such a big business and long-term focus for us that we can build that business slower than we can with overnight success. Right? So that's why we dedicated more time towards overnight success this quarter than free wild. So, and we'll, we'll give you guys our free wild goals and kind of walk you through how you can implement this. But let's talk about what is an offsite and then let's get into why it's important for teams to mm -hmm. do this. Teams of all sizes. If you're a host that you know that you want to scale a business and you you have set goals and you want to grow, you eventually want team members, the whole thing, you can start doing this solo. Or if you currently have teams, one of our new legend members, they have I don't know, a team of 30 people that have never done an offsite before. They've never really set goals before. They've just been getting after it and it's been mm -hmm. successful. But now it's something that they're going to be implementing. So an offsite essentially like an offsite is the leadership team coming together to recap the quarter, touch base on their team, touch base on their profits, touch base on their process, and then set a vision, set specific measurable goals for the next upcoming three months and whatever quarter that that lies in, right? So for us, when, when I looked at that agenda and our COO, Aaron, created the agenda of how it was going to flow. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, this is all very valuable, but it also feels like a lot of the Zoom calls that we have, our meetings from day to day, right? I'm like, it's freaking rare to have the three of us in a room together for four days with zero distractions. So I kept asking myself that on the plane ride going down there. I'm like, what are we actually trying to solve? And I recognize I'm like, we have one goal, one main thing, and then we have, 
we got to break that one thing into goals, right? Actionable steps that we can communicate back to the team, right? So anything else to mention on like what is an offsite? Yeah, no, I think you described it well. And I think it's important to mention that we are not usually in the same place. So people are listening now, if you have a team where you're, where you see each other on a daily basis, then, then you might have different priorities when you're, you know, when you're doing this offsite. Right. Yeah. So when you guys get together to do this, obviously you want to do this quarterly. The first three quarters are typically the same type of thing. It's like, let's recap the quarter. Let's set our goals, solve the biggest problems. And then the last quarter, we do end of the year planning, right? So we're going to be doing an event at the end of Q4 to plan for 2023, the entire year. We set a whole vision for the entire year. And then we break that down into what we call rocks, actionable steps. So this is what we did. I thought it was freaking amazing to start it off. We always started off with what are the wins and lessons of the previous quarter? And I thought it was awesome, man. Like we started writing down a list of wins and the the wins list was huge. And then we go into lessons and the lessons are not as many as the wins, which I think is Mm -hmm. like for the first time switched because usually it's like a list of lessons and like a couple of different wins. And now the wins (laughs) are just like, it was freaking awesome. We're like, oh yeah, we did this and we did this. And then, you know, this happened and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, this is freaking cool, man. But I always think, I think that's the most important part to start is like, you know, you got to celebrate what you just accomplished because if you're in a growing team, you guys work freaking hard. Mm-hmm. This is a time to press a pause on what you're doing and reflect, right? Wins I mean, and lessons. Just that section on wins is already worth doing the offside, in my opinion. And, you know, like if we do every single call, like even in Legends X, like every single call, whether it's an accountability call, whether it's a strategy call, where the whole team is on the call, we always start off with wins. And every single time we do this in on the offside, I'm always I'm always impressed. Well, definitely, mostly this time was this time our list was just like, wow, it was it was insane. Yeah. But you know, I guarantee you that if you if you're listening to this and you don't you never like reflect on how much progress you've made, it can be very demotivating. You can feel like you're not making any progress, and you just your mind's just focused on like the challenges and the issues in your business versus what you're actually achieving. You gotta every every three months, like you gotta sit down and create that list because you you're gonna be surprised at how much you've actually achieved. Right, right, yeah, it's super important to celebrate all the time. Once we get through that, then we started focusing on reflecting on the previous quarter, quarter, right? And what I mean by that is like we have wins and lessons, and those are things to celebrate, and then things to say like, oh, we really, you know, we learned this process. But now it's time to go and look at your quarter of like your actual goals and say, where are we at? Did did we have measurable success towards those goals, right? Did we add X amount of units that we wanted to add? Did we build X amount of systems? Did we hire X amount of people based on whatever your your goals are, right? And when I find there for the first time ever, it was like we actually crushed our Q3 goals for overnight yeah. success. That was cool. That was awesome yeah. to see. Yeah. Anything on that? Any takeaways from that one? Yeah. Yeah. It was very different from three months ago where we felt like we didn't, you know, we didn't meet most of our goals. Yeah. Like you said, I think the third quarter for overnight success was probably the best quarter in the history of our very young company. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) For sure. 
Yeah. So it's, you know, I think that's really insightful to look at your goals and have unemotional, like be completely unattached to the goals and looking at the black and white of, did we accomplish them or did we not accomplish them? If we accomplished them, how did we do that? If we did not, why didn't we do that? Right. Mm -hmm. And looking at it from that perspective, I remember the early stages of doing things like this. I was so emotionally attached to the mm -hmm. outcome. And like, I felt like if I didn't hit a certain goal, I was less of a business owner or CEO, whatever it is. And the more hosts that we coach through the Legends X program, I see that, man. Like people are just like, we're naturally emotionally attached to these outcomes. So this is a really good time just to put it up on the board and go through that process of just like, how did we do it? Why didn't we do it? And when you're there with your leadership team and everyone has a different perspective of it, it's freaking eye-opening to understand how, as a team, you guys are seeing how and why you didn't mm -hmm. accomplish goals. Yeah. Well, I'll share one thing. Like one of my friends, as you know, he has ran like big teams at like big corporate companies like Instagram, Facebook, Google, and stuff. Yep. And, uh, you know, I, I asked him for his number one takeaway on like, how do you, how do you evaluate your goals and especially if you haven't met them like how do you have that conversation with your team and that was the first thing that he said was like look if you have like what and he calls it a post post-mortem the first thing he said was you gotta focus on the facts and completely and emotionally detach from it just like you said right it's purely of like okay our goal was x we didn't reach it let's go back and let's just see break it down and see what what needed what wasn't in place for us to reach that goal and you know where the where the challenge was but in a very stoic just looking at the facts versus right. like blaming or getting you know getting demotivated or getting upset or anything like that yeah man you have to i mean it's like again that's it that's the whole point is to be in that space where you're inspired and you you have to look at your business especially growing companies when your company is growing and you have nonstop decisions to make in your business as a CEO, the amount of decisions you and I are making right now is unbelievable, right? In hiring and firing and what products to go further into, what marketing channels do we invest, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in, into the company here, or do we go raise money and like all this other stuff? So like, when you go through that process, you need a space. And this is why it's so important to disconnect from like your, your office location or home and all these distractions is to fully disconnect as a whole and just look at the black and white and study the data. And, you know, data will tell you everything on the trends of your business, what you're making decisions on the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that's super important mm -hmm. and that'll support you to go into the next part of the offsite, which is all about planning, setting the vision for mm -hmm. the upcoming quarter, right? So the way that we approach this is when we stepped into this room, I said, okay, we got this awesome agenda. Let's use that as a loose outline. But really we got two things to focus on. Our number one goal, and then breaking that number one goal down to three obtainable goals, what we call rocks, right? And the rocks are what the whole team focuses on to accomplish as a whole. Because mm -hmm. we we can say like our number one goal is to say add 20 units to our business, right? Because that's going to equal, I don't know, half a million dollars a year in income, whatever it is, right? 
but there's so much that can go into achieving that one goal that we have to make sure that our teams are taking the right action to achieve that, right? And rowing in the same direction. So not only is it difficult to like to get clear on your number one thing, but then you have to break it down into rocks so you can accomplish that. And then within those rocks, you have multiple steps and goals and all that other stuff, right? So yeah, so I thought that was really interesting, man. Like, you know, let's switch to Free Wild a little bit. Let's talk about Free Wild the company because I think this could relate with a lot of listeners. Is like we're we're a bit ahead with overnight success because you know COVID kind of forced us to go into that company and and really build it to what it is now. And dude, I'm so freaking excited about what we're gonna do with that company in the next twelve months. It's unbelievable the amount of people that we can impact with the Legends X program. But for Free Wild, what we you and I recognize is like, holy crap, we're the hectic host right now, <laughs> right? Like on the on the final day, we're going through the process, and we're like, holy crap, we're actually the hectic host for the Free Wild business because our focus is being pulled in so many different directions that we weren't getting the traction that we wanted to in that company, right? Mm-hmm. We looked at it and said, okay, what were our goals? for free wild. We wanted to buy two additional properties. We wanted to raise money and hire a COO, right? How much of that did we actually get accomplished? None of those. (laughs) None of them, right? Like zero. (laughs) And why is that? Because we didn't have the structure that we have in overnight success. We weren't implementing that consistently Mm -hmm. in free wild. We were comfortable with free wild just running as it is now, because one, we know it's a big business and we're, we're not relying on the income of that right away. So we have the time to build it. Right. But we were all over the place with no systems, no real goals. Like we had them, but we didn't have those action steps backed up to it. And we were focused on the wrong things. Right. And then once we recognized the why we weren't achieving the goals, then we broke down actionable steps for the next two quarters. Right. Mm-hmm. So not only did we set goal rocks for Q4, but we're very clear on what Q1 rocks have to be as well. Yeah. Right. So you want to talk about that a little bit? Look, with with overnight success, overnight success has been our main focus, right? In the last couple of years. And we've we've built incredible systems, we built a team. And you know, it's been an amazing experience. But what we were trying to do with FreeWild is kind of in our free time or in the evening, we were working on on FreeWild, which it, it's that's not that there was not enough accountability and not enough structure for us to really achieve what we want to achieve. And looking back, it's easy to see that right now. Now we're we're looking back, we're thinking like, yeah, that's not that's not how you build a company. There needs to be there needs to be more structure and accountability in place. But you know, this is also the first time of you and I building two businesses at the same time. So. Like one year ago, like I didn't realize that. I didn't realize. I thought, well, love, well, we just work, work on free wild, and you know, in the evenings or like in the weekend, like we can, we can probably get you know a lot of stuff done. But it's just looking back, that just wasn't wasn't like uh, the best approach. But hey, you know, it's a couple of takeaways like from this from the from the time that we spent together was number one is like we both realized it's really hard. It's hard to build one business. It's a lot harder even to build two businesses at the same yeah. time. But then you said to me, like, well, what about Elon Musk? Like, you know, how's he has the same amount of time? He has 24 hours a day, just like us. Like, how is that person able to build all these different businesses? And we're struggling just to build two. Yep. Right. Yep. So what's the secret? 
Yeah. I mean, dude, I use that quite often. I, I say that to our students a lot too, of like, you know, it's like, okay, yes, it's difficult to build these, but we all have me, Jasper and Elon Musk have one thing in common without a doubt. It's the amount of time that we have <laughs> on a day-to-day basis, right? It's like in a calendar day in 24 hours, we have the exact amount of time. It's how we leverage that time to get results makes the difference between us mm-hmm. and him. He's this guy is trying to colonize Mars and colonize Mars through like seven different companies that he's building that are all you know billion dollar companies, right? So we realized by by going through this process, we realized the mistakes that we were making leading up to the business. We weren't treating free wild as serious as we're treating overnight success, right? We were looking for shortcuts to the fastest path. And that's a good way of looking at it as long as you're backing it up with massive action, right? So we were trying to, we're like, okay, well, let, let's go raise money. And we're having conversations with, with billionaires about invest and multimillionaires about investing in free wilds. We didn't close a loop on that, which then caused us to not close the loop on our current property. Then we're getting distracted with making offers on other properties, right? Without even closing the loop and taking action on our first property that we bought. We're like, okay, cool. We're the hecticos, man. Like, and this is totally fine. As coaches going through this process, we have to experience that. We have to experience what our students are going through so we can solve the problems for ourselves and continue to solve it for our students. I've gone through that with the rental arbitrage business. I've gone through that with the management company. But trying to build a hospitality brand where you own real estate, you're renovating real estate, you're raising millions of dollars for the real estate and developing the short-term rental hospitality management brand behind it. I've never been in that position before. I'm like, okay, cool. Game Mm -hmm. on. You just got to play and think at a different level, right? Yeah. So what we did, the, the theme of the weekend was KISS. Keep it super simple. And everything we put up there, we had one goal for overnight success. We have one goal for free wild. And the question was every single time some, that we mentioned something of taking action, does this get us closer or further away from our one thing, right? So for free wild, our one thing is to complete all renovation by end of Q1 of 2023 for our current property. And that, dude, that just lifted so much weight. We're like, all right, we have a couple of offers out on a couple of other hotels. If those are accepted, we'll buy them. If not, we're not going to chase other deals. We're going to put our all of our effort into completing this project in the next two quarters because it also supports overnight success and what we're building there. But it also builds us to really crush the rest of the year for free wild and puts us in a position to be able to raise the money that we actually want to raise and spread that across multiple projects, team members, the whole thing. So what was your experience coming, coming to that? Aha. Cause I, I, you know, I said, Hey, we got two options right now. It's me and you, it's Jasper and Eric got no (laughs) other help in free wild right now. Right. Full time. Yeah. Option a, we go and we just focus on this one project. We build the brand and we launch free wild with this one project or we keep this project running as it is because we implemented our systems and it's running like a machine and we're okay with strawberry creek village as it is mm-hmm. and free wild isn't born to the public for another 6 months and in that time we do option b which is we 
close the loop with our investors. We raised 20 to $30 million. We put some of that towards the company uh, and build Freewild. We buy a couple more properties. We build a team and then we launch Freewild, right? Yeah. We had those two options. Can't do both at the same time. Yeah. I mean, the couple of takeaways on that is like, number one is like, we've been talking about these different options for a long time. Yep. And like you said, like we, we, yeah, we weren't sure what route to choose. And as you mentioned, like we're getting distracted with like, you know, potential other properties that we could be buying. And so I think the biggest challenge for us was we weren't making a decision because we weren't sure how to make the decision. And when we were a couple of days ago, we were, so we were here sitting in the apartment and we decided to, to go outside. That was your suggestion. We were mm -hmm. standing there in this apartment, looking at this whiteboard <laughs> with all these, all this information. And we're just, just getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. And we're just both looking at it. And there's this like, there's no movement. Like we both don't know how to make the decision and we're just kind of staring at it. And then you were like, Hey, you know what? Like, let's go outside. Right. And then we went outside and we were literally staring over the Pacific ocean and, and we said like, okay, option a and option B. And I asked you like, all right, what do you think is the best one? And I had my, my choice in mind because I wasn't thinking about it. I was just feeling, I was just yeah. kind of feeling like what, what feels good here. And then you mentioned, all right, let's do option A. And I was like, all right, that's what I was feeling too, option A. Now let's just make that decision and and let's put the plan together. Let's create the the timeline. Let's create the deadlines that create the accountability and let's create the rocks that we need to take action on to actually make this happen. And we're not going to worry about anything else, right? We have to be, that's, a, that's a, one of the takeaways for me is like, you have to, you have to be willing to, to really focus on what's most important and and just be okay with not looking at other stuff or maybe missing an opportunity, whatever that might be. The other the other big takeaway, and I wrote down these free. When you asked me like, why is Elon Musk able to do all this stuff and he has the same amount of time that we have, that really made me think. And I I came up with three things that what we have to do to accomplish more in the same amount of time, which is mm. number one is make decisions faster. We waited so long on making this decision because we weren't sure which decision, which option was best, right? So that goes hand in hand with my next takeaway is like, you have to be willing to take some risk and not fear the unknown and just go with something, right? Because I think the worst, if you have two choices and one's the best choice and the other choice is, is the, the least best choice, there's still a worse choice that's not making a decision. Mm. You know what I mean? So even if we're making the decision and looking back, we would have done it differently. It's still better than, than not making decisions. So make decisions faster, be willing to take risk and don't feel the fairly unknown. And number, number three is think big on what's possible, right? That's the other thing. I think there's this concept of like, how do you call it the glass ceiling or something mm -hmm. like there's, yep. a, there's, a, there's a, you know what I mean? There's a lot more possible than you think. And we have to, we, it's hard to see that because you haven't, if you haven't achieved it yet, but that always stuck with me from a lot of people that inspired me. Like Steve jobs is, is saying that like, you know, you have everything you need to make, to make things happen. And those, those people that make amazing things happen, they're not necessarily any smarter than you, right? right. They just, they probably just, they act differently and they make decisions differently. That's the only real difference. 100% man, dude, that that's awesome. Awesome. Freaking takeaways. That's awesome takeaways. And you're hundred percent right. It's like, it, that's what I started recognizing 
in this quarter, man, like we we're making fast decisions. We're making big decisions. You, especially you and I, our COO, who is supposed to be more risk adverse as an operator, right? He's the head of operations. He's supposed to be risk adverse as the owner, especially as a CEO. We have to think big, man. We got to see what's possible, right? And really break it. And we got to be willing to essentially air quote, lose it all to Mm -hmm. go all in on this vision. And what I confuse this with, with Freewild is I know what's possible with Freewild. I've spent so much time building the vision. Now it comes down to the execution side. In my mind, I'm like, oh, we got so much going on. It's just air quote easier to go and just raise money and hire the people that we need. I don't know why, you know, why we think it, that would be the easier process. Cause as we're breaking it down, I'm like, Hey, regardless of where we go, you and I only have X amount of time to build this second company, right. To implement into this, we have some funding, but we have to take fast action on getting a result here. Cause we looked at it. We're like, Holy crap. We we've owned this property for about a year. Yeah. We've done quite a bit, but we have not chipped away at this brand that we want to build and launch. Right. And we've spent so much time kind of thinking about the bigger stuff, but not necessarily taking action. Right. So, for example, like the the fundraising side, we've had so many conversations with investors. They're like, yeah, we love it. Bring us X, Y, and Z. And we find reasons why we should not work on that in that moment. And it drags on and drags on and drags on. So, dude, I love what you just said, man. And I'm excited for what what we can do because I I see now that the brand of Freewild come together a lot faster than it was before we were even in Panama City. And what's this is what we broke it down. Just share it with everybody. So our number one goal is to complete all renovation by the end of Q1 of 2023. Then what we did was we broke that down into three measurable rocks. Rock number one is to complete the full design and renovational packet in Q4. Right. And part of that, there's a list of action steps. And within that, we're, you know, getting the the bids from the contractors complete. We're hiring project managers, we're hiring designers, we're hiring architects, the whole thing, everything that we need for that process. Rock number two is to complete the branding basics. I thought that was interesting, right? Like back before we went down to Panama, you and I were wrestling with like, what comes first? Do we focus on the renovation of the property? to define the brand elements of Freewild or do we define the elements of Freewild brand of Freewild so then we can direct the renovations of the property right cuz in a hospitality brand you want your logo which is a visual thing to encourage a a feeling of staying at the property and that that's tied into the sheets the colors of the the property the consumables that we put in the property all of that is part of brand right and we've spoke to some of the biggest branding companies in the in the world and they're like yeah you know it's going to cost you two hundred thousand dollars to build this brand and we're like come on man like we don't we don't got to do that and talking to our investors they're like you don't need to invest that type of money into your brand right right away but what i recognize is like by breaking down the basics like rock two is going to get us so much further down the line than investing that much money into the brand right through a big branding agency Mm -hmm. because by the end of this quarter we're going to have our brand source source book we're going to have our basic 
branding guidelines. And then we're going to have the basic visuals of the brand that's going to dictate what the designer does in our properties. Mm -hmm. Right. And then rock three is to get our approvals for A-frames that we're building on the property. Right. Yep. So it's very measurable, but it's also going to push the business forward. Right. And then Q1 is us executing on the actual building of that to have a turnkey property by the yeah. end of Q1. But yeah. what I what I find exciting about this, man, is like th through this process will set us up to close a loop with our investors that want to invest in the bigger vision of the company. And through this, we will also be able to attract in the people that we need to support us on this. Within 24 hours, 48 hours of setting those goals, I have potential three architects that we're going to be working with. And we've been looking for an architect for a year, right? <laughs> We have two designers. We have a contractor that's bidding out the A-frames right now. We bought the A-frame plans that we're going to build. And we're, we're making traction all within 48 hours because we were clear and we let go of everything else that we're working on just to focus on this. Yeah, 100%, man. And that's, that's the power of making a decision, right? That it, it empowers you to take action because now you, you're not questioning your actions. You, just, you know exactly what you want to get after and there's no there's no confusion right and i think you know i think that, that those other hotels that we were looking at looking back i would say to me like just buying another hotel seems like a, such an attractive way to scale fast right mm -hmm. it's like oh if we buy this we have another like 10 units boom right those extra units that we're building that's going to take a long that's going to take a while right you, just mm -hmm. to get the approvals and then the architecture to the build out, you know, that's going to take a while. So it's also, but I do believe that this is the, this is the best path that we're choosing in, in the end of the day for, for the benefit of FreeWild as a company, I, I do think this is the best way to do it. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's attractive to just, you know, because we have the investors, like we have the ability to buy something, something mm -hmm. new, right? And it just feels like, oh, if we do that, then, you know, a month from now, we could have another like 10, 15 units, right? So it's not, so that's another learning lesson is like, you know, the, the fastest way to add units is not necessarily the best way to build a business. To build a brand, right? Because like yeah. we can very quickly build the business of mm -hmm. being operators without a brand, right? Because we can, Strawberry Creek Village is running fine. Yes, we can improve the Airbnb listings and improve the consumables. The reason we haven't done that is because we're waiting to build the brand of Freewild. But Strawberry Creek Village can run as yeah. is completely fine. It's making money. It's doing its thing. The systems are built. It's running like a well-oiled machine. If we bought, which our offer is still on the table. So this, we might still buy this <laughs> hotel, but we're not putting our eggs in that basket and we're not actively seeking for new properties this quarter, just Q4, right? However, if we buy another hotel, we can continue to do that, implement our systems, implement our processes, hold the existing brand that's on the hotel, and our business is operating very well. But what mm -hmm. we're trying to do is build a freaking hospitality brand, which mm -hmm. has so many different elements to it. So it's it's a fast way to expand the the business, but it the more units you add, the more complex the brand becomes, right? So that's where I think for the people that are listening, they have to determine like, are you going all in on developing a brand 
which is driven by product and vision? Or are you going all in on building your business, hospitality business, which may have multiple brands, may have multiple different properties, but there's no front facing hospitality brand that you're developing. Yeah. Right. So yeah, man. So we'll see. We'll see this quarter if you know, well, actually we should see in the next few weeks if our latest, you know, offer that we made about three weeks ago is going to be accepted. But it doesn't matter because we have very clear decisions that we're we're taking on this brand of Freewild. So by Q1, we're going to see Freewild being born into something tangible that people can actually see and understand and experience, mm-hmm. which freaking excites me, man. Because if we went down the path of raising the money, that would have taken us six months at a bare minimum to get to that position to then start working on the brand. And I was looking at it, I'm like, man, I'm such a visionary. I want to see this stuff now, yeah. you know, and we know yeah. that this is a long-term business. So, and as, as you're talking about this, you know, just going back what we were preaching earlier in this podcast of like, Hey, make sure to like, look at your wins and look at the progress where you and I are kind of, we're kind of feeling, thinking like, Oh, we haven't made any progress in a year, but we actually sure. made a lot of progress. Like, yes. Yeah. Like you mentioned it, Strawberry Creek is running like a machine, like you and I do close to zero, mm-hmm. right? I mean, our, we have our virtual assistants, but the, especially the systems, the systems are really dialed in and the support team that we have on the ground as well. I mean, when we took that, took over the property, like we didn't have any of that. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, practice what you preach. Let's celebrate that progress. That's right, man. Can I get, can I get a two clap? Two clap. <laughs> Much better in person. I don't know if we've ever explained the two clap on the podcast, but we'll leave that for another time. All right. All right. Guys, just if you want to know more about two clap, leave us a a review. (laughs) Two clap review. Awesome. All right, man. Any final thoughts on the, on the offside? Yeah. I just think, you know, I I'm dude, I'm, I'm so, I'm so excited for what we built and what we have coming up for both companies. I'm super excited about it. I just think it's a really good reminder for everybody who's listening, especially the people that are working with us in Legends X, have worked with us in Legends X, will work with us in Legends X. It's like, be patient with this process, be consistent with what you're doing and surround yourself with incredible people. Like That's the one thing I learned from this Q4 retreat as well is that the team that we have right now is just freaking world-class. And that was the biggest takeaway was like, we need more snipers on our team. It's what yeah. we teach in the program. And the moment that you, we just recently hired a sniper who's just like killing it in the team. And the more that you bring them on to your company, you realize how much freedom they give you and how much more possibility they give you. So yeah, guys, if you guys want like the structure of this as well, just shoot us an email or however they can get in touch with us and we can, you know, send them out our, uh, format for the offsites. 100%. 100%. Yeah, just if you're interested in this, just email us at team at overnightsuccess.io. We'll send you out something. Awesome. All right. Well, that's, that's it. Episode 510. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Have a great weekend. And next week, Eric and I will be back. And I'll be back on Monday as well, of course, with another episode of Get Paid for Your Pad. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next time. Thank you so much for listening to Get Paid for Your Pad, the number one podcast for Airbnb hosts and short-term rental professionals. 
really hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you want to learn more about air hosting on Airbnb and building a short-term rental business, then go ahead and subscribe to our daily email newsletter at getpaidforyourpet.com. And if you're just starting out on Airbnb, make sure to download our free Airbnb starter guide at getpaidforyourpet.com forward slash get started. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening for a chance to win lifetime access to the Short-Term Rental Profit Academy, which is our starter course for anybody who wants to start hosting on Airbnb. So every month we select one reviewer at random and give that person access to the course. So thank you for listening. Check back every Monday for a new episode of The Host Show and every Friday for an episode of STR Conversations of the Get Paid for Your Pad podcast. Thank you and see you soon. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet.